Okay. <laughs> so, uh, John, you talked about, well, before the session, you kind of talked about one of your life shapers not really kind of meshing with this story and you wanted to take it out and maybe we'll add a new one later. So why don't you just kind of tell people exactly the one you were thinking? Cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm shaking my head in agreement on the audio podcast that <laughs> nobody can, can see. So that's cool. nice. Um, yeah. So originally I had him with a life shaper of cold as, as sort of like the representational word for the thing. And it was a belief that everybody lies even to themselves. Um, and as we, you know, sort of gotten into the story and we've, you know, sort of felt George out a little bit and kind of like see how he moves in the world. It doesn't feel appropriate to me that that's kind of where he is. Like he stopped get bagels for, you know, for the office for Janice. Right. So like, he's, you know, he's kind of hanging out with Carol and like they have a little bit of a relationship. So like, it, it feels like that's not, cause it doesn't feel forced. Like it doesn't feel like a fake thing that he's doing. So I've, feel like that's one that we're going to eliminate and then maybe circle back around and you know come up with something as we sort of progress and 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 maybe we can even do it as a as a you know as a flashback or like a character development scene when we kind of key into what the new life shaper is and then we can you know like set it in time sort of thing yeah yeah and it's perfect because it works well with the core mechanics so that that would be perfect and all right. an XP, maybe. Nice. There you go. <laughs> XP all day, every day. Yeah, because it, it, it makes sense because technically, you know, I mean, even though you weren't like super fuzzy with Evelyn this last time, again, your you're assistant Janice, like you seem pretty friendly too. And then even like that, the uh, ex uh, boxer, the bouncer, like he was, he's not like, overly friendly but he's also not that that cold bouncer type that's like just yeah. you're good get in you know that kind of thing so it's good that you decided to take that one off yeah yeah i think he, not that he's a complete schmoozer or anything yeah yeah, yeah he's like a normal you know normal dude just kind of making by you know lots of you know maybe more a lot of acquaintances mm-hmm. um you know so you know so maybe nobody's like really close but still not that sort of coldness where you know, like you go to the bar and Bill be like, hey, what's going on? You kind of like, you know, give him the this, this stink eye and be like, well, what does he mean by how am I doing? Or, you know, like whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's not that kind of feel. Yeah, 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 for sure. Okay, so yeah, so continuing on from this last session, so I probably won't edit these together. So this will be from the last session. You got a nice little uh, wrap on the back of the head from a gun butt, a couple of kicks to the ribs. And uh, yeah, and your um, place, your place of business has been tossed. You sent Janice home for the day to keep her safe. Yeah. What do you do next? So I I think, you know, as we, you know, he's sort of hunched over on the ground. He's got kind of like an arm up on the desk, you know, you know, on his knees with one hand on the floor. And, you know, you just hear like it's the camera's focused on him. And you hear the door like gently close and you hear the, the footsteps on the glass as the, as the two mafia guys are leaving. And, um, you know, as, as the sound sort of fades away, George collapses on the floor and kind of curls up into a fetal position. And then there's that high keening, you know, whine, like you're like in a, like in a war movie. So, you know, that noise comes, comes to the, to the fore 
and gets really loud and uh it's a shot of a cloudy blue sky and it's like a first person perspective so someone like sitting on their back and their eyes kind of like slowly blink open and it's it's you know it's fuzzy sort of around the edges and a and a you know a young blonde boy uh you know his face swims into view sort of over the 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 uh, perceiver it says come on come on georgie we gotta go they're coming come on come on and then the, the camera you know sort of shifts as the person looks and you see a ragtag group of boys sort of like running you know kind of at the camera and then it quick cuts the eyes flutter open and there's diffuse light that's sort of filtering through a sheer curtain uh it's quiet and there's the, the singing of a robin in the background you know as the the camera shifts you know to the left there's a middle-aged woman uh sitting on the end of a bed and she says uh george it, it's time to get up hon you're gonna be late for school and then she looks down and smiles at him and the he rolls over and as he rolls to his side the room changes and evelyn is laying there and she reaches out a hand you know caresses the side of his face and uh she says uh it's time to get up love you don't want to be late for work she smiles and squeals as he reaches out a a hand and kind of you know pulls her up to him and you know as that you know, you know, she comes up on top of him. The camera gets, you know, sort of like fuzzy. And then there's, boom, there's just an explosion and clods of dirt and shrapnel go flying through the billowing smoke. Your screams, the, the whining intensifies again. The perspective is of a person on their hands and knees staring at the muddy ground. And you're, get up, soldier! And the camera pans and you see a dirty face, lantern-jawed sergeant looking down, chewing on a cigar, he says, uh, keep moving, go, 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 get up, get up. And a hand reaches down. And as the figure reaches up to the camera and it's yanked, you know, it's sort of like yanked out of the scene. And the, the scene shifts to George on the, on, the, uh, on the office floor, reaching up to like pull himself up on the edge of the table. And it's like, <gasps> <coughs> and he reaches up for his head. He's like, ah. Fuck. fuck and he pulls his hand down his hand's covered in blood it's all matted in his hair just like you know dripping down the side of his neck and uh he you know like gingerly gets himself up to you know kind of like supporting himself with the desk and kind of like shuffles around to the to the seat and just sort of like you know flops down in the chair you know, takes a look around the room at the destruction that these guys have caused. He reaches in to get a handkerchief out of his inside coat pocket and his fingers touch the pictures that they were looking for that he had gotten from, uh, it was Charlene, right? Charlene. Yep. And he takes them out and, you know, unfolds them, puts them on the table, takes a hard look at them, then reaches back in, pulls out his, his, uh, handkerchief and you know holds it up to his head and he just you know he, he's he sits for you know a long few minutes because he's probably concussed <laughs> he's like trying to put the pieces together but it's not coming right now because oh boy that was a doozy 
Nice. So, so as you're kind of like trying to get your bearings and trying to figure out what's going on, the door starts to open again and you can see a form coming through one of your, uh, one of your um, office partners across the way is a psychiatrist named Dr. Madison, M-A-T-T-I-S-O-N. He is a average height, balding man with a goatee, glasses, and has a, a sharp scar down the left side of his head coming from the middle of his forehead down into the left eyebrow of his head. He's wearing a stately brown uh, suit coat and slacks and he is uh, looks like he may have been a runner back in his day but has uh, packed on a few pounds since his glory days and he slowly pushes the door open and he sees you there and he for being an athlete kind of fumbles his way through the glass and almost kind of slips and kind of makes his way towards you. And he says, Mr. Anderson, Mr. Anderson, are are you okay? That what seems to happen here? I heard a, I heard a crash and I heard some commotion and I, I, I to tell you the truth. I was uh, kind of scared. So I didn't come right away because I, you know, I, sometimes when there's trouble, I just don't run right into it because sometimes you have to, you have to really analyze the situation before you run into it. And I decided that this was the best time and, Oh, Oh, Oh my God, you're bleeding. Are you okay? And he just he like looks at him and he like squints and kind of like blinks his eyes hard a couple of times. And like, you know, he was holding the rat, you know, handkerchiefs to his head. So like, you know, brings his hand down to the table, you know, with the, with a bloody handkerchief and he goes, uh, Hey, Hey, Hey doc. Sorry about the mess. He just kind of like looks at him blankly, like he's he's still trying to get everything back into focus. Yeah, yeah, and he he's like he kind of like stares at you for a little bit, like why are you apologizing to me? And then he kind of like he shakes his head. He's like, yes, yes, yes. No need to be sorry. No, we need to get you to a hospital. Let me escort you. I will. Uh, here, let's actually let's put this here. And he takes your he takes his own handkerchief out of his suit coat and he. And he, it's actually red, so it's fitting. It fits right on your head there. There's no stains, it looks like, for the moment. And he kind of presses He tells you, press this nice and hard here. Press it nice and hard. Let's stop the bleeding here. And he kind of cleans it up, cleans up the rest of your head with your handkerchief and then throws it in the like a garbage that's close or whatever. And he says, well, you look nice and clean, cleaned up. You know, he kind of like... You know, even though your your perception's really hard to kind of notice right now because you're you're hurting so much, he you can tell he's got a pain look like you know, oh, you're cleaned up, but not really. And he's like, well, <laughs> he says, I'll drive you. He's like, come. He's like, come with me. And he slips uh your arm over his shoulders and he proceeds to take you out into his car. So as as we get to the door, you know, George, he's like, man, I gotta find my Vinny. Hey, 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 hey. Okay. All right. I, I think I'm in it. He's like, uh, Doc, uh, wait, wait one, one, one second. And he goes back and he collects up the pictures and he sticks them back in his pocket. Nice. Before, yep. they, before they leave. And then, yeah, he lets <laughs> him lead him down to the car. Okay. So, yeah. So he, yeah, he leads you down. He's very, very gentle. He's um, make sure he, he's in step with you. He uses the railing, but also uses you to kind of get you down. He puts you in the car and he says, um, yeah, just be careful not to lean. Please don't 
if you don't mind, please don't lean back. I just, I don't need any, this is a new car, a uh, new car of mine. Uh, I really enjoy it right now. It's one of the, one of the newest brands uh, or the, one of the newest models. And I just would mind if you don't get any blood on it, but it's okay. If you do, it's okay. If you do, you know, that kind of, we're going to, we're going to get you. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. We'll get, get there. And he, he's like fumbling for his keys, trying to put it in the, put it into the starter to start it up. So George, like he holds out his hand for him to like pull his sleeve. Cause they're in the car and he like pulls his arm out and he takes the coat off and he just sort of like balls it up. I don't know if they have headrests in 1920, but you know, kind of like sticks it behind them so it doesn't like drip onto the. Sounds good. The car, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, he, you can tell as he's starting up the car, he kind of looks to you, seeing you do that. Yes, yes. Oh, very astute, very astute for one such as yourself that has this. Uh, oh, quite the old. Uh, and he, you almost see him kind of start to get woozy because he like stares a little too long at what's going on in the back of your head. He's like, oh, we. He whirls down the window really quick and he's like, we must be off at once, at once. And then he, they start to, he starts to speed off. And he's duck. Just, just, just be quiet for a couple of minutes. Okay. I just, I need, I gotta, it's so much. <laughs> and he, uh, he says, well, yes, yes. Right. That sounds good. We'll stay in silence here for a little bit. So, yep. That's a great idea. Yep. Oh, we'll do that. Uh, yep. yep. Sounds great. And he, is quiet for a moment and then or quiet for a decent amount of the ride. Uh, but after a while, the silence is kind of getting to him and he's kind of nervously glancing at you, you know, making sure you're not falling asleep on him and stuff like that. Oh, and smoking. like after that? the first, after the first like couple of minutes, he's fishing out a cigarette and it's <laughs> like dangling quarter kind of like out of his hand. And he's trying to like, like the, yeah, yeah. Like the lighter. Yeah. And he's like, and, and, uh, the doctor like kind of like grabs your hand and like helps you steady it. Cause he's like, Oh no, we don't want to get any burn marks on this. That would be very, very not good. Very not good. But you know, just, just, I, I, I don't care if you smoke, that's fine. Just, just be very careful. And he goes to turn on the um, radio as you guys are going down the road and you hear a, a newsfeed. This just then, Tommy Bianchi, grandson of Greg Two Bits Bianchi, mob boss of the Bianchi family, has been found dead in his Upper East Side apartment. Sources say that an assailant had broken into Tommy Bianchi's room and killed Tommy Bianchi in cold blood. Looks like blunt force trauma multiple times to the back and front of the head, leaving a bloody mess. The police are still investigating this horrible incident. Tommy's been wanting on multiple counts of racketeering and bootlegging even though the police were willing to find this man and take him out of the scene this is not exactly what they were expecting the investigation is ongoing and we will have more news when any evidence comes to us so so he you know kind of like tenderly reaches up to his head and he's like uh yeah i kind of know what tommy must feel like you know sort of like you know pats at his head and the doctor kind of looks at you and he says, you, um, you don't, you don't think any, like these are like connected. Do you, do you think that whoever this, this gentleman that paid, paid a visit to you that you don't think that he paid attention or he, you know, you don't think that he, maybe he went and visited this Tommy Bianchi. Do you? I, I mean, I, I don't know nothing about no mobsters. I just, 
you know, I got, I, I got, I got a hit in the head. So, you know, I, I'm just saying, I feel like I know what it's like to get uh, bludgeoned a little bit. That, that's all I'm saying. Don't get, don't get too worried about those it. two big burly men that were in there. You like, you don't think that they were mobsters? Like, who were they? Uh, you know, it, it's probably best to to not worry too much about it. Um, it it's it's probably fine. Okay, I mean, it's not fine. I think I'm going to need a couple of stitches, but yeah, I I uh, I you know, in your line of duty, I know you take a lot of bumps and bruises, but um, it's very interesting that uh that what has transpired here and you're just kind of blowing it off i i feel like you're redirecting your emotions uh uh yeah you know what uh i I hate to do this while we're while i'm taking you to the hospital but you know if you need any kind of assistance mentally i am here to help you doc you know i i appreciate the you know the offer and um i know that your door is open but uh I, I, you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm going to be okay. I just need some stitches. I, I probably need some ice. It's, it's fine. Like you say, a guy in my kind of work, you know, sometimes uh, you, you get your knuckles dusted a little bit. Okay. But just remember my door for you is always open. I, I, I appreciate that. You should probably try talking to my ex-wife. Oh, oh boy. That sounds like lots of stories there. So he he drops you off. Well, actually, he takes you in. He takes you in, kind of explains the situation without like referencing mobsters or big burly men. We'll just say, you know, he basically says like he got in a, you got in a scuffle. Unfortunately, you know, you got the wrong end of that. Um, they take you in and they clean you up. Uh, they actually say that you're going to have to actually spend the night. Because, or well, let's see, it's probably, it was in the early morning. So let's just say they're going to keep you there for a few hours, just for observation. They're going to give you, they're going to keep you there for observation. They're going to give you some tests and yeah, they just want to just make sure that you're safe before they give you the all clear. So I, I assume he's just like in a room in the emergency room, right? Correct. So like, I'm assuming that's fairly similar then as to now, right? So you just got like some curtains up and there's like 10 other people kind of like all within yeah. your shot and the nurses are running in and out or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then after a little bit, uh, actually you kind of moved or like made a mention, like you were going to say something. I didn't want to cut you off. Was there something you wanted to say before I. No, I'm, I'm just trying to get a lay of, of what's happening and like okay. my options would be to do stuff. Like he wouldn't call Charlene. Like my first thought was maybe he would, if he's there for a couple of hours, he would call her, but like not within hearing of at least probably two other people on the, depending on how busy, like maybe nobody's in here. I don't know. I mean, that's. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just say, so now it's a Saturday morning. So I'm going to say it's actually pretty busy because uh, the weekend uh, after a certain time, I was told after 2 PM, nothing good ever happens. So, <laughs> you know, let's just say that, uh, you know, there are a few people here and there. There's like some, you know, like maybe there's a, a woman that's down the way that's had way too much to drink and they're, they're pumping her guts and they're, you know, trying to hydrate her. There's somebody like over the way over down the way they got stabbed because they were, somebody was trying to uh, try to rob them or something like that on the street. But yeah, so it's kind of hustle bustle. 
they kind of tend to you, but they also kind of leave you alone for a little bit. And then another, like the doctor kind of checks you out. And then he also asks a question. He says, uh, so I've heard you were in a, little, in a little scuffle. Is there anything that I need to do for you? Do Would you like me to call the authorities? So maybe you could, we could um, find the people responsible for this to press charges. No, no, doc, that that's all right. I, I'm a, I'm a private investigator by, by trade. So, uh, you know, some, sometimes things uh, get a little out of hand. Uh, why don't you roll, roll me an awareness check with a DL of three? Uh, is this active or is this passive? Uh, let's it's see. Nice either way. It's not going to matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm, I'm guessing you don't, you won't know. Uh, I got a four total. Okay. All right. So that's a yes. And I don't, what was the deal? Uh, uh, three, three. So it would be just a yes. Uh, just a yes. By one. Yep. Okay. So, so yeah, you, you see some concern on his face and he says, um, just because of the nature of your coming in and the nature of your injury, I'm going to have to ask you for your, your PI license. So I can make sure that this seems legit. Otherwise I may have to actually uh, alert the authorities myself. Uh, He, he reaches into his pocket, pulls out his, his wallet. I'm assuming he's got like a card that says he's licensed or whatever. Yeah. With this picture, you know, kind of like a driver's license. Yep. So he, he, you know, he folds the wallet open so that he could see it. I don't know if they have the little plastic things like they do now, or if, or if not, it like just takes it out and yeah. he doesn't give it to him, but he shows. He just it shows it to him. Yeah, you know? yeah. So he he kind of like he has glasses on. He kind of pulls pulls his glasses up on his head and he kind of squints at it. He says, hmm, "Seems legit." He says, "Um, I see in your I, I'm sure in your line of the uh, in your line of work, um, this is." maybe nothing new to you, but I am going to suggest that for the rest of the day, you keep yourself out of the excitement. Uh, I would, you know, maybe take a couple of aspirin, uh, get some rest. If you do have maybe a friend or a family member that can maybe be with you just to kind of keep an eye on you, this will be after we um, discharge you. Maybe, you know, just take it easy and just, you know, you know, make sure you keep off your feet for the rest of the day. I'll be as uh, as quiet as a uh, church mouse, Doc. Uh, he kind of he kind of winks at you and he says, "That's what I like to hear." Um, he says, "I'm going to keep you here for about another hour, but after that, would you like us to call you a cab, or is there anybody that we can get, or is there anybody that we can get in touch with that can help you uh, get you back to your home?" Uh, no, a cab would be great. That that'd be uh, that'd be just swell. Okay, sounds good. I have some other patients I need to check on. Are there, are there any questions you have for me? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, I think I'm good. All right. Well, Mr. Anderson, I hope the rest of the day is a little bit better than when I first found you. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> and he uh, takes off. Uh, so now this is your ter- this is your time to you know decide what you want to do if you want to if we want to skip past the hour and you want to get going you can it's up to you I want you to have that decision. God, I feel like he probably smokes in the, in the <laughs> <laughs> nice. like, like I I mean I imagine back then you probably could smoke in the ER right? Yes, like, I think everywhere you could smoke back then. I'm pretty sure. 
So the doc leaves, he probably lights up another smoke. And then, you know, it's like five minutes, nobody's around. Like he's already looked at the picture. So I don't think he would like necessarily go through the pictures again. Cause like we did that. Um, but I think like, you know, he kind of like pulls the curtain, kind of looks around, you know, shuffles down to the nurse's station, pours himself a cup of coffee. <laughs> like, mm, nice. I'm, I'm stuck here. I've got nothing to do. Right. Like I'm going to, I'm going to handle my vices. Right. I don't think he would try to make a call from here. You know what? He does make a call. Is there a okay. phone in the room? Well, let's say there's probably at the nurse's station. You'd have to ask for it. Yeah. If they don't look too busy or if they are like he waits, you know, for a moment. Yeah. Like, you've got, you've got an hour room, right? in the waiting room or something. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Let's just say that. Let's say like there's a payphone there. Yeah. So he, he asked the nurses, uh, um, where, where's the, the, is there a payphone back here that I could, uh, they get to. Oh yeah, you bet. There's actually if you go if you take a left here and you go right by where the water cooler is, just above that, to the left, uh, right above the um, red chair, um, there's a payphone. Thank, thanks, Doc. Mm-hmm. Like he winks, but then like he grimaces because like, <laughs> like it just it doesn't go the way he wants it to. <laughs> yeah, here we go. I'm gonna roll. Yeah, she she's like. Like she knows what you're trying to do, but she's like very like I'm busy, just go away, kind of. So she like gives she like gives you like kind of like she yeah. om- like it's like, it's funny because she almost wants to be rude, but then when you grimace, she's kind of like whatever, you know, and she's kind of let you go. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, you're patched up now, so like yeah. you probably His have like dry blood and stuff. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So so he goes around to the payphone and he you know just kind of looks around, see that he's relatively by himself yeah and he punches in the number for whatever precinct uh brian's at okay yeah we'll say the 32nd precinct (laughs) just because i like i like having that so he calls down to see if uh if he's in okay (laughs) okay so you ring up and fortune has it O'Shea here. Hey, uh, hey, Brian. It's it's uh, me. It's George. Uh, George, haven't heard from you for a bit. How are you doing? You gotta you gotta step it down a little bit. You gotta step it down. What do you mean? I uh, I I, I uh, walked into uh, to a door earlier today. Oh no! Yeah, no, I get your meaning. You and trouble seem to go hand in hand. What happened this time? You know, he looks around again. Like, it's hospital, right? Like, no, nobody's <laughs> monitoring the hospital, right? But, like, again, he he's sort of, like, surreptitiously looks around. And he says, um, uh, so you got you, you to gotta keep this. Uh, this is just between you and me. Uh, he And he says, uh, he sa- and he says, ah, you do, huh? Uh, give me a second. And you hear him kind of cover up the phone. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Can yeah, can you grab me? Yeah, yeah, that would be great. You want to grab me one of those? Okay, thanks. All right, sorry. Partner's gone. What's happening? Uh, so uh, I'm at the hospital. I got uh, I got brained by uh, by a thug named Vinny. They work for uh, DeLuca. And you hear like an uncomfortable pause for a few seconds. And he goes... Did you just say DeLuca? Yeah, unfortunately I did. Um, George, what did you get yourself into? 
I, I'm not exactly sure what is going on yet. Uh, okay. Uh, you can't, when, when someone from the mob comes into your place, you automatically know what's going wrong. So what's, what were they there for? So, uh, so, you know, I don't, you know, that that's not territory that I deal with, right? Like I'm looking for adulterers and, you know, guys skipping out on their child payments or whatever, you know, I, the, the, the mob that that's your department, you know, he's mobbing and he like looks around again because <laughs> he said it. <laughs> um, he says, I, they came, they were looking for some pictures, which I happened to have in my possession. And they came from a, a Miss Charlene Woodard. Okay. You can, you can hear him kind of uh, taking a pencil to paper and he's like, he's like Charlene Woodard. Okay. All right. All right. Sorry. Sorry. Charlene Woodward or Woodard. He says, "Mm, can't says I know that name. So there was a stiff that turned up down at the docks. Wait a minute. Are you talking about that? Oh, who's who's that guy? What's that? The the guy who he he worked. Yes, that's right. The Imperial taxi guy. Yeah. 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 That's his sister. You said his, his sister, she contacted me. She had these pictures. I met her down at the dock. They, they look a little sketchy. I don't think he was killed there. It looked like maybe he was dra- Look, she thinks he was murdered. I mean, I'm no forensics expert, but I looked at the pictures. I looked at the scene. It, it looks like he was perhaps murdered somewhere else and dumped down there. But wait, said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I've heard this case is closed. Why are you working on it? She uh, she gave the uh, the officers who closed the case a ration of shit. She doesn't believe it, and I at this stage I think I'm siding with her. Look, I don't want to step on anybody's toes, and I don't know. Look, if if the Luca's involved, maybe they capped him. I, I asked her. I said, does, does he owe any money? Does he have any gambling debts? Like what? She said he was a great guy. Like he was friends with everybody. I, like. I only got the pictures last night. I haven't even done any work on this fucking case yet. And these guys come in and they fucking crack me on the head. They turn my office over and they need these pictures back. I, I, I don't even know what the hell's going on yet. You hear another like awkward silence, but you can tell for some reason he's, he's thinking hard and he's like, okay, so, and then you, uh, you hear him say, Oh, Oh, thank you. That's perfect. Oh, God. I tell you, I, if I would lose my head, if it wasn't screwed on, can you just go down to the down to l- first floor and get me, give me one of those coffees from Michael. You remember Michael, like my, the guy, Oh yeah. Yep. The guy that sells the coffee. Can you get me one of those? And you hear like, like a grumble in the background, kind of like, yeah, that'd be Oh, Thank you so much. You are the best. And then he kind of gets back to it and he goes, okay, so here, and he's starting to write stuff down again. He's like, okay, uh, see who worked on Woodard case. And then he says, uh, maybe tied to Mr. D. Look, I don't know uh, if you've got a couple of uh, dirty cops down there or what. I mean, I, 
I, you know, I tangled with the, with the police before, and I know that most of those guys don't down there don't like me too much. I don't want to, I don't want to get involved in something bigger than I really need to handle. Well, you know what? If you uh, didn't want to uh, get into something like that, maybe you shouldn't have called me. And he starts writing down more stuff and he's like, he's don't just, like the cameras. He's just like shaking his head. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, um, yeah. So he, he, again, he's just scribbling more stuff. And then he's like, I will look into it. I will not mention you, but I'm going to, I'm going to need a big favor from you. Well, is, you just make sure you, you got to keep all this uh, on the, on the sly, right? Like, don't oh, yeah. nobody know what's going on. Yeah. We'll keep it on the QT. But what I need from you is that we're going to have to meet because I want to, I'm going to have to see what those pictures are telling us. Uh, all right. I mean, so look, um, it doesn't need to be today because I'm pretty busy today. Look, they, they want them. They, they want the pictures back or they're going to start like hurting people. Mm-mm. Not me. Um, look, I, I, I got a camera at home. You know, I need it sometimes when I'm staking out different places so I can, I can take pictures of the pictures. I just, I, you know, I, I don't know if it's just threats or if they're going to have somebody like fucking tailing me. So I don't necessarily want to be seen meeting with you anywhere. If they think that the first place I'm going is to go talk to the cops, that's not going to be good for anybody. Okay. So here's what you're going to do. You are going to do what you say. You're going to take a picture of those pictures. But what I'd also like for you to do is to take a fine tooth, fine tooth comb with those big pearly eyes you got there. And I want you to go over every detail. Okay. Not just, not just the detail of what's on the body, but what's surrounding the body, what's in the background, what's in the corners, look everywhere. Don't just, if something looks inconspicuous, look at it with suspicious eyes because I guarantee you there's more with those pictures. If DeLuca, actually, he doesn't say that. He says, if Mr. D's looking for these pictures and there's some worth in them, but I want you to get those back to those two fellas because I don't want to see you or I don't want to hear you on tonight's news or tomorrow's. Yeah. Look, I, I figured I run over to their place tonight and, uh, and tell them that they, they, you know, that they happen to turn up and then hopefully that's the, you know, that's the end of it. You hear a big sigh from him and he's like, I wish that were true, George, but I don't think that that's going to be the end, but keep your nose clean do what you can but also get some rest tonight too don't overextend you don't overextend yourself otherwise you're gonna pay for it i'm already paying for it (laughs) well you picked your line of work i picked mine we all get our headaches don't we yeah yeah for sure all right well i i have to go i have already sent my partner off for too many tasks he's gonna hate my guts in about two minutes so i hope to talk to you soon all right thanks brian i know you one all right stay frosty and he clicks off 
So he, he puts out the cigarette that's down to just about the filter. It's probably an ashtray in the, in the fucking in the thing. So <laughs> he stubs out his uh his cigarette and you know wanders back over to the room to to wait his discharge uh in the cab that they're gonna call. Okay. Yep, so that <clears throat> so everything ha- happens without a hitch. Boy, I don't even know. I don't know how payment and stuff like that goes. <clears throat> I mean, back the- then it was probably like five bucks, right? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, let's just say that as a, you know what? I'll let the dice decide. I mean, I assume they probably send you home with a bill. Yeah, they might. But uh, actually, you find out that uh, the good doctor is actually taking care of you. He's actually paid for your. Actually, no. We'll say that they they're gonna send the bill to him. So they, let's just say like they he he wrote down his information, and uh, they say that you don't have to worry about it because the good doctor has uh, taken care of your bill. Huh. So he's like standing at the like the checkout thing. He's like, oh, uh, all right. Well, uh, you know, tell uh, tell the doc I said thanks. The nurse kind of uh, shakes her head. I will. And uh, yeah, you get called the cab, and um, yeah, you the you pull up cabs at where to? Uh, whatever my address is. Is <laughs> it Fleet Street or some shit? Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. So you are. Um, let's say you're headed home. Roll me. So. An... That's what I told him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a mom cab, cab driver. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why don't you roll another awareness check for me? Okay. Am I still at a minus one brains for now or? Uh, gosh, like, that's real... I've been first aided, right? But like, he's probably still concussed. Yeah. I'm going to say you're still at a negative. Yeah. Okay. Just makes sense. Uh, oh, I got a six. Nice. Uh, I was going to make it a four, actually. Sorry, I should have said that before. It doesn't matter. So a yes and. So so you're just kind of like finally getting to kind of relax a little bit. And you are just kind of looking at the scenes of the city and you just happen to glance up into the mirror and you realize that a car that's behind this taxi has been tailing you for a while now. And you can decide what the end is going to be. I'm trying to think like my office is easy enough to find. They might not know my address. So the, the end is, I don't know if this is, is too much. He, he notices it and he doesn't like sit up and like, look like he's just like, he's kind of got his head back so he can sort of see the rear view. And he sees like a black, and he's like, oh, shit, that looks like the fucking car that was. And he just, you know, he says to the cab driver, he's like, hey, I need you to make like a we're, we're changed destination. Make a quick left and a quick right and then go down the, uh, you know, 34th Street. And he wants he wants to lose them. Like, and can we lose them? Nice. OK, <laughs> so, geez, can we? Yeah. You know what? You have like an end. Give me the end. That's what I want. Yeah. Like, you know if what? It's too powerful. Then you, it, know, you know what? I don't care. It's I like it. It's great. So let's yeah, let's just say that. So like, you know, you're going a little bit and you're like, take a left here. And he, it, you know, he does. And the, the, the tail stays behind you. And then you're like, well, take another right here. And you just start to lose the tail a little bit. And then you're like, you remember that there's this like really narrow 
even in the daylight, dark, like, like back road that's off of like, I don't know. It's because I don't know streets right now. We'll just say water street. And you're like, oh, this is going to be, you know, the cab's kind of big, but the, the passage is kind of narrow. And he's like, take it right here. And he, he does. And he does it with a flourish. And you continue down that path and you can see your tail going straight and not following you anymore. And uh, you look at your cabbie and you kind of know, you kind of see him kind of like move kind of nervously in his car. And, and it's kind of like, okay, what, what is this about? He says, yeah, I don't know. I just, I got a funny feeling about, um, you know, you could just let me out here and I'll, uh, I'll catch another cab. Like it's, it, you, you, you done good. And he, you know, he reaches into, you know, his wallet and picks out a couple of bills, whatever it is to, you know, and, and a little extra to like, shut the fuck up. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's like a $2 fare and he gives him, you know, like $5 or something. Yeah. 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 And, uh, he, um, takes your money and he's very happy that you he gets a little something extra and he's also very um excited to get you out of his cab because he just doesn't want any trouble you can tell he's very nervous mm-hmm. so he's like oh thank you sir have a nice day and then he just he would he just speeds off right like he put like i'm going to close the door and he drives off and the momentum of the, the car driving off closes the door <laughs> yeah, exactly he can't wait to get away from you yeah, so then we'll say we'll kind of speed forward and we'll say you catch another cab and you find your way back to your place. All right. Like he he might even take like like two or three other cabs. <laughs> like he goes to some other place and then back across and then you know like back down to home. Nice. Sort of thing and he gets like different cab companies, right? Like it's not the same like if that was a checker cab, then he gets an imperial cab and then he gets in, you know, DC cab. Actually, I have back actually back then, and I'm gonna I am gonna I have this written down. There were only two taxi services back then. It was well, actually, there was some popular ones back then. So we'll just say, oh yeah, actually no. I was just thinking of the popular taxis themselves. I have it written down, but yeah, we'll just say yeah, yeah. Well, whatever you said was true. That's perfect. I mean, if if there was two, there's two. Right? Like he would, you know, alternate back and forth. Yeah, let's say like, like that. There's just two yeah. different companies. Yep. So you do that for a guy that doesn't make a ton of money as a PI. This is becoming kind of expensive, but for uh, saving your possible life, it's worth it. So yeah, it, by the time you get back, it's a little later than you had had hoped. Uh, so it was the morning. Let's say it's like one o'clock now. Because okay. you had to wait there for a while and then you had to take the taxes and stuff like that. So we'll just say it's around one o'clock. 